Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Medicinal Chef's Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm Dale Pinnock, the Medicinal Chef, best-selling author, nutritionist, and creator of Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Every week here in the podcast, I'm going to be answering your questions and discussing key topics around the field of nutrition to help give you clarity and to expand your knowledge. Hey folks, how you doing? Hope you are all good. So I must apologise, this week I'm kind of in the uh, the full throes of a bit of a man flu kind of vibe. I've got some weird throat and chest thing, so if I sound a little bit like Darth Vader's dirty uncle, then, <laughs> then I apologise. So this week's podcast, all about memory and learning, or the influence that nutrition can have on memory and learning. And nutrition, yeah, is part of the picture. It's not everything, of course, but there's certainly nutritional elements that we need to consider. And there's three big ones in particular, three dietary components that can be helpful. So the first one is something called choline. Now, choline is a water-soluble nutrient that's involved in the synthesis and transport of different lipids around the body. I mean, it's got lots and lots of vital functions, but in this context, really, its main activity, its main function is that it helps to produce acetylcholine. So acetylcholine is actually a neurotransmitter. For those of you that don't know what neurotransmitters are, basically... The brain, the brain and nervous system runs on electrical signals, essentially electrical impulses that race up and down the cells, carrying different types of information back and forth. Now, nerve cells aren't actually joined together. There's a tiny little gap between them that's called the synapse. And the job of a neurotransmitter is to actually bridge the gap between these two cells because the electrical impulse cannot jump across the gap. So that information that's being carried via an electrical impulse, needs to somehow be translated into something that can jump that gap. And that something is a chemical messenger called a neurotransmitter. (laughs) Loads of different neurotransmitters, all that have different roles to play and are involved in carrying different types of information relevant to whatever signal is actually being translated. Now, acetylcholine, which is the thing that choline helps to increase the production of is a neurotransmitter that kind of wears quite a lot of hats at once i mean it's it's active in both the central and peripheral nervous system so the central nervous system is the brain and the spinal cord and the peripheral nervous system is the one that is on our peripheries that is involved in sensory um, information that kind of stuff and it's excitatory and in inhibitory as well so it means it ramps things up or it slows things down in the central nervous system, I mean, obviously, in the peripheral nervous system, it's involved in movement, like voluntary and involuntary movement. But f- for what we're talking about today, it's the roles in the central nervous system. And it's vital for memory and learning, because one of the things that it really helps to regulate, really, is something called neuroplasticity. Now, neuroplasticity is... What occurs when we learn new things, when we do something a few times, when we learn a new skill and we actually become proficient in it, that that proficiency, that sudden ability to be able to do this thing that we've repeated several times and that we've learned, that's via neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is the formation of new neural connections, basically different 
connections and pathways between nerve cells. So that kind of information can be delivered accurately. And acetylcholine is an essential part of that taking place. And it's also vital in the decision-making process as well. So acetylcholine is that factor that helps to determine what decisions we make when we process information. That doesn't mean sitting down pondering whether we can do a skydive. It means, you know, when you when you see a red light when you're driving your car, you know automatically to put your foot on the brake. That link between visual stimulus and physical action, that's acetylcholine. That's acetylcholine doing its thing. And choline, the nutrient choline, which, by the way, is found in oily fish, you can find it in eggs as well, is vital for long-term brain health for that reason. So that is nutrient number one, choline. Get your oily fish down you. The second reason you need to get that oily fish down you or a good quality long-chain omega-3 supplement is because the next nutrient I'm going to talk about is DHA. DHA, docosahexaenoic acid, is one of the long-chain omega-3 fatty acids. As I've spoken about time and time again, the omega-3 fatty acids are a whole family of fatty acids. It's not just one substance. You've got ALA, which you find in plants, and then there's EPA and DHA, which are the, the main ones that our body uses that you'll find in things like oily fish or a good quality supplement. Now, EPA, that's mostly got a role to play in um, managing inflammation. And DHA, the one that we're talking about here, is more of a structural omega-3 fatty acids, although it does have a role to play in inflammation as well by producing a group of substances called delta-resolvins. But that's a conversation for another day. What DHA does is it it basically helps to maintain the integrity of something called the myelin sheath, which is like a, a fatty capsular lining of our nerve cells. It's basically <clears throat> the, the cell membrane of the nerve cells that have kind of wrapped around itself to form like this fatty capsule that, move, that goes along the actual length of the nerve. This is an important part of um, the electrical impulses being sent. But then as we spoke about in the previous recommendation, we spoke about neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters have to cross the synapse. The synapse is the junction between the two neurons. When the electrical impulse gets to the end of one neuron, depending on what type of impulse it is, it stimulates the release of a certain type of neurotransmitter. Those neurotransmitters are at the nerve endings in tiny little bubbles called vesicles. These vesicles move to the edge of the, the um, synaptic cell membrane and fuse with the membrane and spit, spit its contents into the synapse itself, actually out into the gap. And then the neighboring nerve cell has specific receptors on it which detect the neurotransmitter. And the neurotransmitter binds to the receptor and then relays the electrical impulse onto that next cell. Now, these two processes, the release of the neurotransmitters via the vesicles presynaptic and postsynaptic neurotransmitter reception, are both re really reliant on DHA because DHA helps to maintain both the fluidity of the, me of the membrane presynaptically and also helps to regulate 
neurotransmitter receptor function. So going back to our acetylcholine, which is important in learning and memory and all this kind of stuff, if the receptors that are actually there to tune into and listen to the signal that acetylcholine is delivering aren't working to their maximum potential, then the ability for that neurotransmitter to actually deliver its activity, to actually send its message, is, of course, reduced. So we're starting to build on each other. We're starting to build on the two different things here. We're increasing the production of the the neurotransmitter that's actually enhancing our memory and supporting our learning, but then we're also making sure that the structures that are designed to actually take that neurotransmitter signal and do something with it are working to their best ability as well. So we're increasing our choline from oily fish, and then we're getting in our DHA, the docosahexaenoic acid, either from oily fish or from a good quality supplement. If you're vegan, you can easily get a supplement made from algae, so you can still get it without any kind of issue. So moving on to the third thing. The third thing that I want to talk about, excuse me, <clears throat> just need to clear my throat so I don't sound like Marge Simpson. The third thing that I need to talk about are the polyphenols. Now, I've spoken about this a lot in the context of cardiovascular health. This is the same principle. Now, if you recall, I spoke about things like flavonoids. The flavonoids, these are the, the substances that tend to give very, very dark red, blue, and purple color pigments in plants, like anthocyanins that you find in in grapes and red wine and blueberries and blackberries, that kind of stuff, those compounds. What these compounds will do, these can actually get taken up by the endothelial cells. The endothelium, this is the highly active, highly biologically active skin that lines the inside of our blood vessels. This particular skin can take up these these flavonoids, these polyphenols, and when they get inside the endothelial cells, these flavonoids actually stimulate, like well, they cause a metabolic stress. This metabolic stress stimulates the endothelial cells to start excreting something called nitric oxide, which is something that they do anyway. Their job is to release nitric oxide at specific intervals, but the polyphenols actually exacerbate and stimulate this process. Nitric oxide leaves the endothelial cells and moves out into the blood vessel wall and relaxes the smooth muscle fibres that make up the blood vessel wall. When those fibres relax, this causes the blood vessel to actually dilate. Now, in terms of long-term cardiovascular health, as I've spoken about before, this helps to lower blood pressure, but also helps to protect the endothelium from damage. In the context of neurological health and brain health, this enhances blood flow to the brain. Every single tissue requires high-quality blood flow because with improved blood flow, we get improved oxygen delivery. We get improved delivery of key nutrients. We get improved removal of metabolic waste. The tissue functions better. And there's been some amazing research done at the University of Reading under Professor Jeremy Spencer that has showed improvements in cognitive function with berry polyphenols. So the key there is get your brightly colored fruits and vegetables in. So blackberries, blueberries, dark chocolate, Little little bit of red wine, not too much. You'll kill your brain cells. Also, things like purple carrots, 
very, very dark red peppers. Those kinds of foods, because those are the richest sources of the polyphenols, which will support that process. So there we go. That's my three tips for nutrients that help to support memory and learning. Choline, DHA, polyphenols. Easy, easy things to get in your diet. So I hope that was an interesting session for you. If nutrition is something that really does tickle your pickle, if it's something that really interests you and you've just got a passion to learn more, then why not join me in Nutrition Coaching Monthly? Nutrition Coaching Monthly is your new monthly nutrition school. This is my private members area where you can join me every single month for a live class. I go live and I teach these classes in depth. We go down the rabbit hole. We look at the anatomy, the physiology, the biochemistry, how nutrition fits into all of this and how you can apply this information in your day-to-day life. And also, if you work in the industry, how you can apply this to your clients as well to get better results for them. If you head over to my website, themedicinalchef.co.uk, have a look at online programs, you'll get more information about Nutrition Coaching Monthly. And through that, you can also sign up to a free class as well so you can actually see what we do in these sessions, what it looks like, the kind of level that we teach at. And don't worry too much about the level. We've literally got everything from high school students to medics in there. Nobody said that the that the information is too complex. Nobody said that it's too basic. So it's a level that everyone can get something from. Also, if you've got a question for me here in the podcast... I'm more than happy to answer them. Just send it over to me, dale at themedicinalchef.co.uk, and I will get on the case. So until next week, I'm going to go back to bed, take lots of echinacea, and stop sounding like Marge Simpson. I hope you guys have an amazing weekend, and until next week, see you later.